The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 52. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everybody, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. And today we're discussing Star Wars Rebels Season 4, Episode 13, uh, World Between Worlds. I think this might be my favorite episode of the entire show. So uh, joining me today on the panel are, first up, we have Angela Cialana. Hello, everyone. Howdy, howdy. And second up this evening is Thomas Sanherjo. How's it going? It's going pretty well, more or less. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, this is uh, just a really I thought this was a really fun episode. So, of course, um, I'm going to throw it back to you guys. Uh, and what were your impressions of this episode? <laughs> um. Well, I think this was an episode where Star Wars fans got exactly what we wanted, kind yep. of. I mean, maybe most <laughs> of us. Um, so I know some people at first were like freaked out because there was time travel in Star Wars. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, we got all the interconnection between the different storylines and even different media. And um, so that was... To me, one of the most exciting things about this episode, besides the fact that, you know, where it takes place and what the implications of that are, um, and then also getting to know what happened um, in uh, Twilight of the Apprentice. Um, yeah. mm. So getting to know what happened to Ahsoka and Vader, and that was really, really neat. So um and then also getting 2D animation for the first time. Yeah. It was cool, right. too. So yeah. just a whole lot of really cool firsts yeah. in this episode. Yeah, for sure. Thomas? Yeah, I, I think it's um it's a really interesting take on the will of the Force, too. And I've been, like, exploring that concept a lot more lately of, like, of what it means for the Force to will something, you know, because they talk a lot about um, the will of the Force and, like, and... And looking into the future, you know, that's one of Yoda's big sticks is, is looking into the future and, and not not getting caught up in the emotion of it. But in this case, we're looking, we're actually physically moving through the past using the force and changing something that has happened. And um, it's such an interesting concept to think of the power that the force has to do that first off. And then also uh, whether or not it's OK, whether or not that's a, a thing that that we should mm -hmm. be playing mm -hmm. with using the force because is that against the will of the force but the force brought you there like you know there's like a lot of questions <laughs> that kind of come up throughout this whole thing um yeah i um i would just agree with with both of you i am a huge fan of time travel like that is my favorite science fiction storytelling device so this uh i think that's probably why this is my favorite episode ever i just i love that aspect and i love the 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 moral implications of you know if you could go back in time should you change something you know and that's mm -hmm. exactly kind of what they do and don't do in this episode uh so to kind of play out those things are are really fun uh for me and i will say that uh time travel i don't think is is at all foreign to the nature of star wars uh, I think I've I've kind of said before that I, I see Star Wars as kind of the science fantasy world versus science fiction, which would be more the Star Trek kind of even in Star right. Trek. There's there's time travel, though, too. So, I mean, it's it's kind of built into <laughs> to, to science fiction, you know, but I also want to point out that time travel was also in the, the Legends universe uh, before Disney. Um, mm -hmm. If you if you got into to the to the novels at all. Um, the, some of the post, uh, return of the Jedi novels dealt with something they called flow walking, 
which was just mm. that that whole notion of being able basically they compared uh the force and time to a river and you could kind of walk back up the river and and you could kind of like you know move some stones but you could never really change the trajectory of the river which was the will of the force basically and if so, you if you managed to do that it had cosmic galactic wide implications uh read fate of the jedi if you want to uh read about that which is really fun but that's all legends so, universe yeah so, so actually since you bring that up do mm. you think that's where they got the inspiration for like when ezra's walking along those paths that there's mm. like ripples like that that whole river concept do you think that's where they got it um <laughs> I want to say yes. I I tend <laughs> I tend to think not though. Um I I did watch the Rebels Recon. Yeah. And and what they had mentioned in there, they were mentioning more that they wanted to to portray um kind of the journeying and the walking and so that was a a, a visible thing of him walking. Mm-hmm. However, it does look like ripples in a in a in a water pathway. So Yeah. So they yes. Don't really... Like on those Rebels Recon episodes, they don't really say they don't talk <laughs> yeah. about legends very much. Yep. I mean, that's probably yeah, they try to uh, avoid company <laughs> policy. I don't know, but well, um, and considering this one, this one is Dave Filoni, you know, Dave Filoni is yeah. uh, one of the directors for this. Yep. One. I think there's probably uh, he's really, really, really well versed in Star Wars stuff. So I would not doubt that being a direct inspiration. But again, like you said, they can't really, mm-hmm. you know. They don't they don't bring up the stuff that's not canon anymore. <laughs> and Pablo Hidalgo is just he's so well versed in in both canon and legends. And I mean, Star Wars is is doing a, a good job of trying to draw inspiration from legends where they can. Uh Thrawn being maybe the, the key uh example of that. So um yeah, I I maybe it was a subtle nod to to the flow walking concept and not a not something you could directly um because it's definitely a different method of time travel mm-hmm. than what it was in 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 the legends um but i thought it was a really interesting way to do time travel within mm-hmm. the star wars universe um so yeah, yes i i really enjoyed this episode uh and i also liked how kanan's death is sort of the the key of the whole episode that's mm. that's kind of the um right at the right at the middle of course when when ezra and, and ahsoka are watching that happen but it's also referenced at the beginning and at the end and it's kind of the key of the whole thing so i uh want to want to get into that when we get to that point in the, into the to the walkthrough cool. um so we'll jump into it uh this episode uh takes place um immediately after the where the prior episode left off so to kind of give a a brief recap of that the ghost crew is on lethal and they have uh managed to successfully infiltrate where the the empire is at the jedi temple on lethal and kanan has sacrificed himself uh to help the the team uh, get away from the empire so he is dead and um ezra had gotten this this force vision from a loth wolf named doom uh coincidentally and not coincidentally named after caleb doom who is the previous name of kanan jarrus so um and and ahsoka makes that reference later on in the episode as well but uh doom this loth wolf uh, gave Ezra the this stone tablet with the key to to getting into the Jedi Temple and sent him on this mission to go rescue the Jedi Temple from the Empire. And so the the previous episode they managed to infiltrate the the camp and Ezra is able to open the portal and jumps through it. And so that's exactly where this episode picks up. We start off by seeing just kind of what it looks like in this uh, through the portal. We have this uh, immense kind of vast uh, starry filled landscape. We hear the voices of Jedi past and present and future, mm. which uh, Angela is what you were you were referencing earlier, which is really kind of fun. Uh, we hear Yoda. We hear Obi-Wan. We hear Qui-Gon. We hear Ahsoka. We hear Kanan. I think later on, we actually even hear Ray and we hear Maz from uh, mm-hmm. the the sequel trilogy as well. Um, Jared Imway, Jin, Urso, Kylo okay. Ren. 
Anakin yeah. Skywalker. I wrote them all down. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's uh, a place, and I think Poe Dameron. Oh geez, I missed him entirely. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's this place where uh, um, the the force and time and space all converge, and 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 so we have all of those uh those events, past and present and future, kind of uh for for the for the viewing and the and you can hear them happening. Um. And so Ezra falls through this portal and he enters this world between worlds. And, um, and I liked how at that point they, they threw in, uh, the voice of Obi-Wan from episode four, just explaining the Mm. nature of the force to Luke is what Ezra hears as he is exploring this world for the first time. And then we jump back to Sabine who has been captured and she is brought before this, uh, minister Hayden, who is, kind of the the leading expert on the Jedi temple excavation and trying to get access into the into this uh into the temple and into the the knowledge that is that is hidden there and he tries to uh more or less he's forcing her to cooperate with him and trying to to figure out these the the secrets of the the various art that they see depicted on the the Jedi temple walls um and he's kind of taunting her and and um ultimately he informs her that the emperor knows that Ezra has entered the temple and that uh, he's going to find her. But I also wanted to point out that he also makes the the point that uh, he says that Kanan's death was meaningless. And I, and I just, I want, I mm. want to point that out now because that happens at the beginning of this episode, because that's, that's one of the themes that they play throughout the episode is that um, at least he is trying to, to taunt Sabine into thinking that Kanan's death was meaningless. And of course, it is absolutely not. Yeah. I, and I think that's as you go through this scene or as you go through this whole, this whole episode, you see what uh, one of the most beautiful understandings of the difference between the light side and the dark side of the force. And, um, you, you know, so much of it is so much of it is about anger and hate and emotions and all this kind of stuff. But really what it comes down to is that to the, the dark side user, uh, everything is meaningless other than what they want. Mm-hmm. And to the light side user, everything has an implicit meaning and they're seeking to understand it. Mm-hmm. And, and that one difference it gets played up so many times in this episode, you know, where the, just the small choices that, that, um, that Ezra makes as he's in the world between worlds, uh, it, it really does have such an impact and it makes him kind of understand who he is as he grows into uh, realizing that every single act is so important mm-hmm. and you just have to follow the will of the force and finding what it is that you're supposed to do. Yeah. So when Minister Hyden is, is talking, he's explaining this, you know, um, junction that uh, Ezra has found um, that it's, it's a pathway between time and space. And he uses the, the word control. He says mm-hmm. he who controls it, controls the universe and ultimately that goes to what you're saying thomas it's like everything's about control and right like what what the force wielder wants for themselves Mm -hmm. ultimately um so i thought that was very interesting because because control is really a major theme control and letting go is a major theme in in this episode exactly Mm -hmm. and that's in realizing that you don't have to be I, I think, and Ahsoka is such a great example of this too, where you don't have to be the linchpin of everything. And, and, you know, she's a secondary character, like, so, so on a very meta cognitive <laughs> level, right? She's, she's not the linchpin to anything, but she's so intriguing because she's there for all of it. And, and our interactions are, are significant, but at the same time, she's not a Skywalker. She's not, uh, you know, in that main cast, but she still is really important. Yeah, and I was just going to say that that um, this this sets up the the central conflict that Ezra goes through as well, and it's that mm. it's that is he going to use the power of the world between worlds to save Kanan, or is he going to let go? Um, it's that that selfish or selfless kind of ro- road. Which one are you going to take? Um, you know, and and the dark side is going to say it's always a selfish way. That that's you should do it for yourself. You should do it for power. You should do it for control. 
you know, if you, if you give yourself in a selfless way, what meaning is there in that? It's meaningless. Canaan's death was meaningless. He gave himself out in that way and it's, it's meaningless. And so it's that conflict that, um, is what Ezra has to grapple with. Um, and Ahsoka is, yeah, she is such an interesting character because she becomes almost the voice of conscience, uh, to Ezra in those moments. Um, and you know, she's not a Jedi. She's not a Sith, and yet she is very clearly on the right side of of things, if I can say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Um, even Morai, the, the the owl that that is with her, is um, uh, linked to the daughter in the the Mortis arc, who is an embodiment of the light side of the Force. So, you know, all of those things are are very much at play here. Um, so yeah, so we, we learn that, that this, that Ezra has stumbled into this, this temple that is the, this air, this, it's a world between worlds. It's this, uh, it's a pathway between all of time and space. And, uh, yeah, whoever controls it controls the universe. And that's why the emperor is, is seeking it. And so we, we hear more voices. Um, Ezra hears Yoda and Obi-Wan. And he thinks that, that that they can hear him and he calls out to them, but they, of course, don't answer. And that's where we hear some of the other uh, various people throughout the history of Star Wars as well. And then Ezra does encounter uh, Morai at, the, at one of the portals. And he definitely notices that Morai is always around when Ahsoka is near. And he asks Morai for help. And all Morai, do is, Morai does is hoots and and kind of uh, gestures toward the portal that uh, that she is beneath. And this is one of the pivotal moments of the episode that uh, the portal kind of glows and, and Ezra can see through it. And we go back to season two, uh, Twilight of the Apprentice, which was unexplained for two years at this point. <laughs> right. And we, we finally see the, the confrontation between Vader and Ahsoka. And, uh, which was, which is a really cool thing to see. And, um, I put that Ahsoka definitely manages to hold her own against Vader. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it wasn't that long of a fight though, because the, the, uh, the temple on Malachor was, was going to, I can't remember exactly what it was going to do. It was a weapon. So it was like powering up and it was, things were about to, to explode and, Ezra, of course, is just kind of watching this from a from a third person perspective almost and doesn't know what to do. And out of instinct, reaches in and pulls Ahsoka through the portal to him as as Vader right. kind of falls through the floor. And I like how it's not even he didn't even make a choice to do that. It was just yep. he felt like he was there watching it and, and just grabbed her. And then, then you then you start to think of the implications of what's going on there, because this is like this is a two year old fight that he just interacted with. And you're like whoa because <laughs> I, I remember the moment i first saw this episode and watching that and going oh my gosh that how how i thought he was just watching <laughs> i didn't even know he could do something to it yeah yeah this this is very clearly uh you can influence the past or you can change the past uh mm -hmm. that's that's where the the power comes into play so Ahsoka is, is dropped on the floor next to next to ezra and we go back to uh minister Hayden, who's uh, talking about art from from the Jedi <laughs> Temple, uh, which I I really find that interesting, and I was really glad that they they really they pull all this in, with, especially with Thrawn, who is a character who's known mm. to study the art of cultures in order to understand the culture and then understand their weakness and their strengths, and is able to you know uh, defeat them in in battle and and everything. So. Art has been very much a theme in Rebels with, with Thrawn, and and so it's natural that it comes up here. But the art in this episode was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I know uh, you guys have kind of mentioned that too, but um, in particular, he's he's pointing out this one frame of art that's on the the Jedi Temple wall, the exterior of the wall. It's it's the the three figures: the father, the son, and the daughter. And so they uh, Hayden and and Sabine have this discussion on them. And these are three characters that if you want to learn more about them, they're in the, the Mortis arc in the clone wars, uh, season three, uh, a really cool 
uh, three episodes there that kind of set up these three cosmic force wielders who are neither Jedi nor Sith and sort of exist outside of time in this weird planet that mm-hmm. um, you don't really know where it's at. I, I was trying to watch some of the Mortis arc earlier today and it's uh, they don't even know where in the galaxy they are when they're on that planet. So it's sort of this right. outside of time, outside of space place with uh, these three cosmic force wielders, uh, the father, the son and the daughter. And the son is an embodiment of the dark side of the force and the daughter is an embodiment of the light side of the force. And the father is the one who is keeping the balance between the two. And so these are three figures that have uh, cropped up throughout the the history of the Jedi because uh, Minister Hyden has found these these art uh, images in the Jedi archives on Coruscant. And um, and so he's been studying them because they're showing up here on the the Jedi Temple as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was interesting is that when Ezra entered the temple, the the paintings actually moved and changed. The 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 daughter, her hand, uh, or no, she kind of drops lower. Away, yeah, yeah. And it was the head moves, and the father's hand changes position. Yeah, yep. The the father's hand actually points towards the the gateway that the that the loth wolves go and create um so he's trying to figure out what that all means and sabine isn't really wanting to help him yeah which i think this is out of all of the kind of digression we've gone on to, with all of the looking at rebels and looking at ahsoka and all of this this was a really important moment to kind of tie back into the mandalorian lore uh that that we know and that we're we're learning and that we're that's developing as we go through and you know i've been struck by that like like small little moments have been really significant throughout the stuff we did but this one's one that's like it, it gives us an insight to kind of a secret mandalorian uh perspective on the world and that's that noticing the hand language and that becomes more and more of an issue and becomes very significant to her. And so now we know that that's something that's also part of the Mandalorian uh, religion, if we want to call it that, the culture that they, that they bring with them. I was going to say something not as, as deep and insightful. I was just going <laughs> to say that um, I, loved, I loved Sabine's quote here. I'm smarter than you. I just kind of want them to put that on a t-shirt, but I know they won't because it's so snarky. <laughs> it's also true though I mean, <laughs> she said it as a taunt but uh yeah uh her and ezra were definitely smarter than than they were in figuring it out um i was just gonna say that that uh the the hand language was something that that was just it was so brief um and it wasn't mm-hmm. even it didn't even play a role in in the rest of the episode or anything it was just sabine is is recognizing it but um and and shares that she knows what it means but doesn't that that's that's kind of it that's um and that's not actually what's necessary to understand the the painting even uh so yeah so that's a that's a good catch after that whole discussion i uh yeah so sabine is is being snarky and and isn't wanting to help and so hayden brings in the the death troopers to coerce her into into helping him and then we jump back to ezra and ahsoka uh, which was a, a really touching reunion between the two of them. Um, Ezra, of course, uh, hasn't seen her in, I, I guess, two years. I mean, if this, if every season is kind of a year in in galaxy, and I'm not entirely sure if that's that's true more or less, but um, he he obviously looks different. He has, his hair is cut since season two. Ahsoka notices that he's different, um, and Ezra. <laughs> can't even explain what happened and, and how Ahsoka ended up with him in the, the world between worlds. And so mm-hmm. they're uh, uh, trying to trying to just kind of get their bearings. And uh, Morai uh, is able to, to reunite then with with Ahsoka and and. Uh, Ahsoka asks about Kanan and Ezra just says that that she missed she missed a lot in her in her time jump. We swap back to Hera and Zeb, who are in the process of sneaking down into the excavation pit uh, to rescue Sabine and Ezra. And I, I just, <laughs> Zeb is, Zeb is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like all he wants to do is blow stuff up. <laughs> 
and that's more or less exactly what they're going to do um going down there to cause a cause a distraction so that way they can break sabine out and and uh and get ezra out and choppers uh also there and and uh and he plays a role later on that's pretty important too but uh mm-hmm. for the moment he's told to just kind of keep an eye out for ezra um and then we go back to the world between worlds and um and that's where you actually get the name of the place, if you will, because Ahsoka remarks that the, the place that they're in is ancient. She says it's like a world between worlds. So I don't know if that's the actual name of it, but that's the name of the episode. And that's kind of what we've been referring to it as. I think uh, Ahsoka gets to name it then. That's it. <laughs> it's just she got it. <laughs> the world between worlds. Yeah. Done. Um, and. This Ezra makes the comment that that it's like when he met Doom and that was the 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 Lothwolf in uh, it was two episodes previous to this one um, who sent him on this this journey to save the Jedi Temple. And um, one of the things that Doom told Ezra in that episode that I thought was really interesting kind of going back and then knowing this episode it happens is Doom says, quote, Restore past, redeem future. So telling Ezra more or less the game plan. Restore the past, and that can redeem the future. Now, I don't know if Ezra at all was, was thinking about that, but that was one of the things that the Lothwolf told him, and so I can't help but apply it to what he actually did with Ahsoka. Um, restoring right. what happened to her in the past is a way that she is able to then redeem the future somehow. And then also allowing uh, Kanan to die and not do Mm -hmm. anything, I think, in a way, is kind of restoring the past. In other words, allowing it to remain what it is. Yeah, and and if nothing else, just for for Ezra himself, because since he doesn't actually ever change anything, he's, he's at least healing his own memory of what happened and, and is able to to do more of that grief processing and, and let Kanan go in order to right. then move forward and, uh, yeah. And, and redeem the future in what's coming. Um, Ahsoka makes the suggestion that perhaps Kanan was actually speaking through the wolf, which I think is exactly what was happening. Uh, and she mentions that he is part of the cosmic force now. And she says that there are ways that those who have passed on can still guide or influence the living. And I don't know about you guys, but that sounds very Catholic to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like uh, the saints in heaven. That's exactly what, what happens, uh, you know, in our, in our, what we know to be true in our faith. Um, the saints. Yeah. Uh, and I would, oh, I would love to kind of take it a step further and someday speak with maybe an like a native american or mm. some other like a catholic who has is part of a culture where animals are more you know and creation in general is is much more in touch with you know their their mm. upbringing and and their connection to god um than a lot of us in the you know urban west sort of um, are used to. Um, so yeah. Right. I, I'd also like to, I, the, another perspective that I think would be really good here is the, the Japanese Catholic, like the person who has a culture that is so steeped in ancestry and the way that ancestry affects us now. And then learning about the communion of the saints and going, Oh yeah, well of course that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what, and, and I think for a lot of us in the West, it's harder to to wrap our minds around the fact that, that people who are dead are, are, are still part of the plan are still part of the, the economy of salvation and the moving forward of, of our faith even personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the, the, the great things about star Wars is that it, I mean, it speaks to so many truths that we know, in our the in our faith um you know and this is this is just one example of it that death death is not the end uh you know and and in a in a kind of an atheist mindset that there is nothing after death if 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 god doesn't exist if you know all of that is just is just our way of sort of trying to gain meaning in the world but it's not really true then then you know 
when we die, our, our bodies just decompose and that's it. But we know that that's, that's not true. Um, and the same thing plays out in, in the Star Wars universe. We have the, the, the Force ghosts, you know, Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan and, and all the others. And, um, and Kanan kind of speaking through this, this wolf in order to guide and influence those who are still living. And yeah, I was making the the parallel uh, that you know we when we pray for the intercession of the saints, we're we're doing the same exact thing. We're asking for their help, their guidance in our life, and interceding for us to God. And there are many, 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 many examples of saints doing more than just kind of guiding. But you know, anytime that a saint is canonized, there always has to be miracles attributed to them, which are very direct you know, interventions in the, in the world that, that do some healing. Um, you know, often it's a, it's a medical thing. Someone was praying to a saint and they were, they were healed miraculously and the doctors don't, uh, don't know what happened. And, and the only, the only explanation is the intercession of the saint that they were praying to. So just some really cool connections there to the, to the communion of saints. At that point, after this discussion between Ahsoka and Ezra, um, Ezra, immediately thinks that if Kanan uh, sent him there through through the wolf to help Ahsoka, then maybe that's exactly what he can do to save Kanan as well. And Ezra, being the headstrong, impulsive kid he is, immediately rushes off to see if he can find uh, the portal that would show him Kanan's final moments. And, of course, he does find that exact portal. And Ahsoka you know, is trying to urge him to, to be, to be, uh, patient, um, and to not, to not take Kanan out of that moment. And so we, we actually get to watch the final moments of Kanan again, uh, which is a really sad scene, but it's, it's super powerful. Um, Kanan, of course, sacrificed his life in order to help the rest of the crew escape the empire. And Ahsoka tells him that if if Ezra were to reach in and take him out of that moment, then all of them would have died. Mm-hmm. And so Ezra is is struggling with that that grief that he wants to save Kanan, but also the the knowledge that if he actually gives in to that and saves Kanan out of his desire to save him, then that action is actually going to cause them all to die. And uh Ahsoka says that she can relate because she can't save her master who has right. become Darth Vader and Ezra can't save his master from death. And we got to see that moment too with, with her and Anakin facing off and we got to see the struggle that she went through trying to draw him back mm-hmm. and then realizing that he's just gone. This struggle that Ezra goes through and then finally his ability to let go is, is pretty significant because of not only what it says for the plot of rebels going forward and and that story, but it you know you think about how Ezra is pretty young, and he also he like Anakin Skywalker um lost his parents um and so Kanan was like another parent to him and um and so he actually passes this test, whereas Anakin does not. Um, right. Ezra is able to let go, whereas Anakin doesn't. And I think this episode, it, first of all, it it's really cool to see how powerful in the Force Ezra is and the fact that he could open this portal and then the fact that, you know, he um, he he passes this test Um and then, you know, just how Ahsoka helps Ezra, you know, by saying, Ezra's like, well, you don't understand. And she's like, yes, I do. It really reminded me of what we can do for other people when we have suffered something. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of us can can relate to that at this point in time, um, that so many people are going through so much. And um this just kind of to me was sort of a microcosm of what we can do for others. Like when we experience 
um, suffering and, and pain and difficult circumstances. And we can be there for somebody who's going through that and say, no, you can do this. Um, I, and I do understand what you're going through and you can do this. Um, so I thought that was neat, but, um, also if I can kind of get into like the reason why it's, it's important for Ezra to pass this test, um, is because I think actually, like, since I went through and I wrote down every single like thing that all the force voices say, um, it, it kind of tells a story um, mm-hmm. and sort of prepares the viewer and really sort of more so, I think, is telling a story for Ezra, like to prepare him for this moment. Um, like one of the things I wrote down at the very beginning was Yoda was saying, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. And then later on, Yoda also says, rejoice for those around you who transform into the force. And there's just so much of of that, you know, again, Yoda says, let go of everything you fear to lose. So like the reason that it's so important that we've seen, um, and this goes back to the genius of George Lucas is that when we are, you know, Ezra was, he didn't want to let go of Canaan and that pain, but it's important that we let people go and we let those moments of suffering go so that we're not tied to them. Because when we are sort of bound to them in like a spiritual, emotional sense, then we're not free to live our lives right. um, without that pain, you know, with without constantly referring back to that that pain as like the source of our um decision making and you know all that um how we how we how we interact with other people um and so it is so pivotal to continue to bring up this this um theme this struggle of letting go is because it's a central part of like the spiritual life, mm-hmm. you know, of any religion. Um, and just, you know, even if you're not quote unquote religious, but I think people of any sort of life experience could, could relate to that and, and could right. affirm that. Um, I think that that is a very profound insight into what's going on here. So Thanks for thanks for sharing. I want to I want to go deeper with that because I think that there's some some really um, good good things that that uh, come from this. Um, you know, Ezra is so focused on his own suffering and grief and loss, and he has to move forward. But in order to f- move forward, he has to let go. But how he moves forward, I think, is is crucial um, because in order to move forward, in order to let go, he has to understand. Canaan's sacrifice right and that's that's what ahsoka does for him is she's the one who who explains to him that you know Canaan he has to do this he has to die because he he if he doesn't then his sacrifice is meaningless because you all die and so ezra has to understand his pain and his grief in order to move forward um and i couldn't help but find a parallel to today's gospel Um, like it, as we're recording it tonight, I was like, okay, this is totally providential, but, um, because Ezra and Peter are very, very similar. Um, Mm -hmm. for those of you who are listening to this later, uh, the gospel is Matthew chapter 16 verses 21 to 27. It's when, um, Jesus is telling his disciples that he has to go to Jerusalem to suffer and to, um, die on the cross and be raised. And Peter takes Jesus aside and says, God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And then Jesus goes on to explain the, the nature of discipleship is deny, or, uh, denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following him. And I just, I found that there was a very profound similarity between Peter and Ezra, because in the same way, Peter doesn't want Jesus to suffer. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a good, it's a human desire. It's a good desire. We don't mm-hmm. want suffering. And yet he doesn't understand that the nature of Jesus' suffering is redemptive and that Jesus has to go to the cross in order to affect redemption of, of the world. 
And so he has to explain that for Peter in order for him to understand it and then uh, be able to to move on and, and ultimately, you know, allow it to happen. And uh, and ultimately, then Peter himself dies for his faith in Jesus. But there's just that I, I thought it was a very interesting parallel that that Ezra, too, just doesn't understand Canaan's sacrifice. And he has to understand it before he can allow it to happen and then move forward. So I, I very much saw in Canaan a Christ, Christ figure. You know, he gave himself entirely for the, the sake of, of his crew, um, that self-sacrificial love that he gave of himself entirely in order to save the lives of, of his family. And ultimately, which uh, for the rebellion, too, because they would go on to, to do... Um, to do work for the rebellion and uh, fight against the empire. So um, yeah, suffering, I guess is kind of, is the key here that suffering is not meaningless when we have faith. And so the, the desire, the natural human desire is to, is to prevent it, to escape it, to medicate ourselves. So we don't feel it, Um, you know, but that's, that's the wrong way to approach it because suffering does indeed have, have meaning. Um, for us as Catholics, it's because it's linked to Jesus's death, suffering on the cross, which is redemptive in nature. And uh, when we suffer, we can unite ourselves to the cross of Christ. Um, in the Star Wars universe, Canaan's death and the suffering that Ezra is going through is also not meaningless because it's something that gives him purpose in order to move forward and continue to fight uh, against the Empire. Yeah, I was I was struck here having watched this so close to that episode with Obi Wan, uh, with that same moment of Obi Wan's sacrifice uh, when fighting Darth Vader and his quote, "If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine." And as as we've built the character of Darth Vader over these, you know couple of decades of uh you know new media coming out about who anakin was and how he became who he was and and how he you know developed into this uh this warlord and this sith master who was incredibly powerful uh to for obi-wan to say that to him that i will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine is is intense and then when you look at it in this in this vein and you know that obi-wan knew that at that moment luke was watching and so instead of continuing the fight he says that line knowing that what he's doing is transferring that sense of purpose over Mm -hmm. to luke and and it's going to change the galaxy and and that's you know i was watching this and like kind of putting all of those pieces together and it really such a finely crafted episode because of that kind of thing uh but yeah it was really it really it gives you chills like when you think about why just just the sacrifice as it stands on its own but then in the in the world of star wars and how that that continuation of of purpose that continuation of will of the of moving forward and improving ourselves and becoming better than we were you know, it's it's part. It's understanding that that every small act leads us on and and makes us grow, or it makes us fail, it makes us fall. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes us become the 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 thing that we hate and the thing that we despise. So something that um, kind of ties in what both of you are saying um, is something that my pastor said in his homily today, <laughs> <laughs> which is that. Um, we don't sacrifice just for sacrifice's sake, but the purpose of the sacrifice is love. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, the purpose of his sacrifice is love. Canaan. I mean, you even go back to the daughter. Ultimately the daughter sacrificed herself. First of all, um, for her brother. Right. And then, um, and then ultimately her life force was given to Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, this whole concept of it, it's not just, just to sacrifice. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times maybe in, in religion, we can kind of get caught up in like ma- making sacrifices, but that's not the yeah, point of it. Right, the yeah. point of it is to grow in love. Yeah. And so um, just this idea that Ezra comes to understand that Canaan's sacrifice 
was for them. Mm -hmm. It was out of love for them. And, and Ezra even says, you know, oh, I miss my parents. I wish life could be, you know, like it used to be, like it was. And he's just so focused on the past, which again is, is a Star Wars theme, that he's unable to answer his purpose in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And he's unable to recognize his calling in the present moment to live with that sense of, of love for um, those that he fights with, those that he fights for, you know, the people of Lothal. And um, so I think, yeah, he he learns that lesson from Ahsoka and from Kanan's model. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. It, it all kind of ties in so beautifully. And I love that um, the Mortis arc sort of has more uh, depth of meaning for us when mm. we reflect on all of this. I love the Mortis arc. yeah and and ezra's i mean ezra's whole demeanor changes uh from this kind Mm -hmm. of point forward he he makes the comment that he um he he learned the final lesson that keenan wanted to teach him and i i i tend to think he he never spells it out what what the lesson was but i mean it's it's a combination of of all of what we've been talking about you know honoring remembering the past but not being you know, just caught up in it, letting go, uh, and living, living in the present. But also ultimately, I think even like our, our life has to be ordered towards love. And that very well could possibly mean that, that I will give my life for those whom I love. Um, whether or not he does this, we don't know. Cause he's still off in the unknown region somewhere, <laughs> um, but <laughs> He at least has that that wisdom uh, right. for when he goes off with. Uh, well, I mean, in a sense, and I and we'll, we're going to review the finale arc, and it's been a while since I've seen it. But I mean, in a sense, there too, if I remember right, he is sort of sacrificing himself by taking himself and mm-hmm. Thrawn out into the unknown regions. Right. Um, we just don't know what happens with that. So he is very clearly using the lessons that he's learned from Kanan in the next few episodes, which we'll get to. He's very focused from this point forward. He almost like mm-hmm. becomes a Jedi mm-hmm. in a way, you know, right. like he, he understands who he is, what his purpose is in the big scheme of things. Um, and, and how really how the, how he and the force sort of have this new, he understands the relationship, I think, even better right. um, of himself in, in, yeah, as, as a being in, in the force and, and connected with everyone who's gone before him and who will come after him. It's very much the, the hero's journey, uh, Rebels, I think, for Ezra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, this could be, this is kind of the moment where he finally, you know, becomes a man, becomes the hero. Right. Uh, because even in, in one of the immediately preceding episodes, I mean, he is lamenting at how lost he is without Kanan. Um, and it's, yeah, at this moment that it's, he's finally not lost and he's able to kind of pick up that, that torch of, of, of being a Jedi and, and march forward and not just run and hide in, in fear. When we get to see both of them go through that change mm-hmm. over the course of the series too, like you see Kanan starts off in that same Yep. High energy, wanting to move, constantly trying to do something, and then settles into that calmness, especially once he loses his sight. And, and he's, yep. you know, that's, uh, he settles into to be, being uh, knowledgeable about the force, knowing the force is flowing through him. And you see that in Ezra now, too. He's, he, this is kind of his moment where he's lost a sense that he had and gained a, a much greater sense of himself and of the will of the force. Yeah, it's this, this is storytelling done right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, it, and it's storytelling that, I mean, as you, as you watch it, I mean, we can all relate to it because we've all, we've all been in Ezra's shoes. And, and so, you know, we identify with him. And even watching these episodes, we learn the lessons that Ezra is supposed to learn as well which is a really cool thing that these episodes are able to do um especially for for 
I mean, for all audiences, but for the for the young kids who are are watching these shows as well. With that, uh, Emperor Palpatine kind of breaks in and shakes things up a <laughs> little bit. Suddenly, there he is. What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and it's Ian McDermott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that was I didn't realize it was him because I know that um, it, is it Sam Witwer who also does the voice for Palpatine at some points. There's there's another voice actor who often does him, but yeah, this was Ian McDermott himself, which adds yeah. so much. So apparently he could sort of reach through one of the portals because Ezra had opened another portal. That wasn't entirely clear, but this is also a very mystical place. But either way, the, the temple is is open because Ezra opened a portal. And Palpatine appears in one of them and, of course, is trying to um, capture uh, Ezra and Ahsoka. Um, but before we get to that confrontation, uh, Hera and Zeb finish preparing for their disruption to save Sabine. And um, Sabine is, is helping Haydn interpret the art. And so this is where they they finally kind of get to the, the core of what that particular art piece is showing. And um, they determine that that the father is showing the way to the portal. The wolves are the portal guardians. The owl is uh, either a servant of the daughter or possibly the daughter herself when acting as a spirit guide. So the, the owl Morai is very much connected to um, the daughter and, of course, Ahsoka. And they conclude that since the daughter opened the gateway they think that the son will close it and at that moment zeb informs sabine through through morse code on the wall that of uh, the impending chaos that is about to happen and uh the one of the command centers uh is the, attempts to kind of take off the ground and and causes all sorts of of chaos to uh, allow sabine to escape um, meanwhile, back in the world between worlds, uh, the emperor's throwing crazy blue fire at Ahsoka <laughs> and Ezra. Um, almost, uh, is it, uh, oh, is it Hades? Uh, yeah, yeah from, from uh, Disney, <laughs> the Disney version of Hades that does that. Yeah, well, I was wondering, like, if, if it's that because of where they are, like, he's doing force lightning, but because of where they are, it's like catching mm. the whole, mm. like, everything's force, so it's just kind of becoming this weird thing. So, I, yeah, watching it again this time, I was really, like, trying to process, like, what exactly is going on here? But then, you know, I, I think that's one of the beautiful things about the Sith stuff is that where the Jedi stuff is all very monk meditative, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of more Tai Chi than anything. Uh, the, the Sith stuff is just sorcery, just straight up. Yep. Like, mm. That's what they call it. They call it sorcery. They call it by this, by all the mystic arts. And so it's very dark and, you know, so I, it would make sense that this time it just happens to be force flames instead of force lightning. <laughs> the Sith very much tend to be more showy. Uh, well, oh, yeah, <laughs> unless you're Anakin and then you just show off in general. But um, and this this blue fire has rope qualities to it because uh, <laughs> it, it catches Ezra's leg and starts to pull him back. Um, but uh, Ahsoka is able to, to slice through it with her lightsaber. And um, that was all just <laughs> OK. I accept it. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're they're meant to escape. It's the the will of the force, and uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they both run back to their individual portals. Ahsoka at one point makes the comment that she can't go with Ezra, but she has to go back um, to her portal, and so she is able to get to her portal and lands back on Malachor uh, in an empty Sith temple with Morai, um, and that's kind of the end that we ever see of ahsoka so we we know that she she wasn't killed by vader and we know but then we don't really know what happens to her after that so that could be something that they're going to explore in the mandalorian uh we'll see uh but it also begs the question though where was she during episodes four five and six mm -hmm. so perhaps we'll get some We'll get some answers because she didn't, she wasn't explicit in the movies, of course. 
Ezra, meanwhile, is able to get through his portal and uh, land back on Lothal. And uh, amidst all the chaos that that Hera and Zeb have launched in the, the excavation camp, and Ezra directs everyone that they need to seal the portal into the temple. And Chopper has his moment to shine, which was really kind of funny. He's driving a, a mechanical digging machine. And he uses that to just take out the, the troopers and block them from, from getting to, to the rest of the crew. Which is Chopper's great, man. So Chopper. <laughs> yeah. Chopper's, yeah. Oh. And he's like mouthing off to them like while yeah. he's doing it too. Yep. He yeah, that sarcastic droid is is awesome. Um and uh, so meanwhile Ezra and the rest of the, the crew is is heading over to the, the painting and Sabine tells Ezra to activate the sun, whom they have deduced will close the temple. And Ezra manages to to use the force and activate the sun and the portal does indeed close and the crew meanwhile jumps on board this digging machine led by chopper and hightail it out of the 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 camp um the the excavation site and meanwhile the the temple is kind of collapsing in an in on itself and closing and there was a moment there as they're leaving that I thought was really beautiful that we hear Kanan's voice saying the force will be with you always. Um, and then Ezra passes out in, in the, the machine. And I think uh, some of us were sort of wondering when we saw that, like, is, is Ezra dying? Like, mm-hmm. because he, because he passes out when he yep. uh, activates the, the sun mm-hmm. and in the painting. And then, you know, and then we see like this white blinding light and like <laughs> the force will be with you. It's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But he didn't die. Thankfully. Yeah. Uh, that would be uh, a little, little too intense maybe for, for one season of Kanan <laughs> and Ezra both. Uh, oh gosh. Um, no, I'm just getting rid of all of the Jedi. No more, <laughs> no more of this Jedi stuff. Well, done. But, but it's also interesting too, because um, I mean, as as anybody's watching this, we know that that K or that Ezra also doesn't show up in episodes four, five, and six. So mm-hmm. there, I mean, I remember watching these episodes when they first aired, wondering, is Ezra going to die at the end of this this the show? Because mm-hmm. where is he in episodes four, five, and six? So you know, so that question definitely is not um, just out of the blue. Uh, but thankfully, no, he's he's not dead. Um, or at least we don't we don't know that yet, but he doesn't die here for sure. Um, he wakes up and it's it had to have been just kind of moments that have passed. Uh, but he wakes up and Zeb makes some snide comment about <laughs> not liking going on Jedi missions and uh, they can just keep them. And uh, Ezra heads outside to find Hera and absolutely nothing else is out there. The temple, the, the pit, it's <clears throat> it's all gone. There's just a, a symbol on the ground, and that's all that's left of the temple. And the the episode uh, concludes with again, kind of focusing back on Kanan, and and we uh, we we get Hera asking if Kanan's really gone, and which was oh, I mean Hera's so distraught uh, with with the loss of Kanan, and um, Ezra tells her that yes, he is he is really gone, but then Ezra says that he knows what to do now. And uh, he says Kanan showed him, and in a way, it was one last lesson, and that's goes back to what we were talking about earlier. That the lesson to to let go, the lesson to, you know, how to how to live now in the present moment with with the loss of someone like Kanan or a father, um, but also to live with that self sacrificial love. I think is also very much tied into all of this, and. Ezra gets one last chance to say goodbye to Kanan because Doom, the, the wolf, appears kind of out in the, the mist and the fog, and he turns away, and the episode ends then with Ezra saying goodbye, Kanan. Yeah, so um, when I first watched this season and I saw Kanan die, I, I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. I really, really, it really hit me. Um, and I felt like, these last episodes of Rebels 
were almost like a a help for the audience to sort mm-hmm. of grieve um to grieve Kanan um and to see the characters going through that and sort of you know finally see the doom like in on the horizon and it was very much a process yeah and um i appreciated that just like as a as a fan um uh but yeah i think i think it was it was like a grieving process for for a lot of fans that were watching too but i also appreciated how they showed especially hera as she mm-hmm. grieved that 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 wasn't something that was just like brushed over but it mm-hmm. took it right. took a number of episodes and you know uh, yeah grief is a very real thing and so to really grapple with it i think was important for them to show and for for the audience to to see and 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 share in i remember watching this season uh for the first time and and i think i i still had the i'm i'm glad that they didn't um uh, save Kanan that that his sacrifice happened mm-hmm. and he wasn't saved but I, I remember watching it initially when it first came out thinking oh this is Star Wars they're not gonna there, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a loophole there's gonna be a way to bring him back like it's <laughs> you know this is it's Star Wars everybody everybody lives um you know but but that's not what happened and I and I really appreciated that because because it really brings home the reality of of the sacrifice um, and it's right. not if you, if you were to undo it, then then it's it's meaningless again. But rather saving it, and Ezra recognizing that preserves the the deep meaning that was behind that act. Well, and we see so often in Star Wars, we see the reaction to loss like this drives major galactic events, right? And and we've seen even in even in Rebels, we've seen other characters who've had a, a very poor reaction to the loss of someone. Like uh, Saw Gerrera makes a, mm-hmm. a an appearance, uh, and it's the loss of his sister that kind of drives him to be this loose cannon that everybody yeah. works with because he's effective, but doesn't really like working with because they question his motive or his uh, his methods. Yep. So you know you you get and, and Anakin is like the, the prime example, right, of of loss of, of loss driving someone to be who they are not and then in his it's even that the, just the fear of that loss drove him to that profound truth told through star wars i mean it's, there you go. this is yeah <laughs> i mean this is this is why we love stories i mean both right. both you know our the the real story you know the the bible and 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 our own personal you know histories and everything but also that's why we love fantasy fairy tales uh science fiction all of it is is a way to to grapple with the reality that we experience as humans and then we just get a we get to put characters in positions of of grappling with the same things that we are and and learning how to learning how to live and how to love yeah star wars is doing a fantastic job at that any other final comments on this episode before we wrap things up no, just um, I guess just to encourage people, it's it's really neat to go back and if you can, there's like YouTube videos out there that break down some of the the voices that that mm-hmm. Ezra hears, um, but then just putting on the captions on this episode mm-hmm. and um, just kind of seeing. How I mean, I could just imagine Dave Filoni like trying to pick out exactly the right quotes to sort of lay out this story um to me it's really cool that the chunk um when Ezra begins running towards the Kanan portal and then you you hear Kanan say like want to ride it's like <laughs> it's almost like so you want to ride there and then like and then um you can learn you can learn what it truly means to be a Jedi he says that and then he says kid I'm about to let everyone in on the secret and then he says, I survived one war. I'm not ready for another one. It's almost like saying, mm-hmm. don't pull me out of this portal. Mm-hmm, I don't right. want to go through the, the battle of Lothal type of thing. So if you just like go through the whole, you know, all the different quotes and sort of try to see what the story was that they were trying to tell, um, it's really neat. So mm-hmm. definitely if you if you have time, check that out. Yeah. And I want to go back, cycle back to the 2D animation thing. Oh, I, yeah, I love yeah. That we're seeing 
the really cool thing about the expanding universe is that we're seeing characters in different art styles and and so you know, you get a feel of it there but um I thought it was really interesting because Hera makes an appearance in um, Squadrons, the new uh, yep. the new Star Wars game, yep. and looks very different. Like looks completely different, and she's already been in a live action. She was in uh, in the um, uh, Return of the Jedi. She there's there is an actual Twi'lek green colored Twi'lek character already there, just kind of off to the side. <laughs> Rex is there as well. If you look look hard enough for him, you'll see him. Uh, and so it's. You know, seeing these characters like come to life in all of these different media uh, is so neat because you get this. It's really cool just to watch what an artist chooses to highlight about a particular character when they draw them. And so, you know, seeing that 2D animation version of things that are going on here and and getting a different view of of the vision for Rebels was really cool. And it bothered me immensely when i first started watching this series the lightsabers just bothered me <laughs> so much um but they grew on me as as the series went on they you know, i got more and more involved with them and i liked them and so then seeing a different perspective of that again it's it's really i, I love that it's such an expanding universe and that we're seeing so many different sides of all of these characters that we really love yeah that's that's uh, a, a great point yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add. So I think that's it from us then. So uh, listeners, of course, uh, we, want, we want to hear what you guys thought of this episode of, of Star Wars Rebels. And so definitely be sure to email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page to let us know what you thought. And you can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com. And you can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. And on Twitter at SQPN. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including this week, Fred T., Carolyn M., Stephen B., and Samuel G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows that we make here at StarQuest. And if you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or not Google Play, sorry, Google Podcasts now, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just be sure to click the bell to receive notifications for new episodes. And definitely be uh, be sure to leave us a review on um, the uh, the Apple Podcasts or the where you listen to our podcast because that helps spread the word um, of the show and helps more people find us. And you can find any and all previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And we will be back in two weeks where we will begin to review the, the show finale of Rebels. Uh, by reviewing the next episode in this season, season four, episode 14, A Fool's Hope. And so until then, Angela Cialana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It was a pleasure. Hope everyone else um, out there listening stays, stays well and live your calling in the present moment. Absolutely. And Thomas Sanjuro, thanks for joining us tonight as well. It was nice to be here. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>